It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the State of the Cloud 2016 podcast series. My name is Eric Nielsen, and on the show today, we have back with us Wes Coughlin uh, from the Economist Intelligence Business Unit. Wes, great to have you back on the show. Hi, Eric. Thanks for having me back. So today, we're going to talk about the IT archipelago. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is? What we're describing here is a dispersal, I think kind of a long-standing dispersal of IT decision-making and power across the organization. You know, back in the day, it used to be that IT underneath the CIO, you know, they, they hired the vendors, they set the standards, they set the security. They were the go-to place for IT. What we're seeing now is that all across different kinds of enterprises, all across the globe, is that business users are taking IT in their own hands and actually setting up their own IT shops, if you will, thereby the IT archipelago. And I know we've done several podcasts on this subject. We've done it from the IT perspective, the business owner's perspective. Uh, and today we're going to take a look at, you know, what does it mean from a global perspective, uh, regions, how they're dealing with this. And, you know, if we've seen in the research you've done, has there, you know, looked at, you know, any differences in regions. So, but before we do that, Take us through what, re, what, what analysis and what study did you do? What we wanted to do is really sort of ground it in what the, what the industries are thinking. So we did a, a large survey. We did 300 senior IT execs, uh, the, the you know, largest number of them being CIOs, and 300 business users, you know, directors and above, who really are savvy about IT. But then we also cut that so that there's equal amounts by three different regions, uh, the Americas, EMEA, and, and Asia Pacific as well. What this enables us to do is sort of say, okay, what's the industry thinking as a whole? What's IT thinking and what's business users thinking? And then what are the regions thinking by IT and by business user as well? Is there a dispersion of IT decisions, decision moving forward at different speeds in Asia Pacific versus Europe versus North America? The answer is yes, but I, I think the dominant finding here is that really this is a global phenomenon. Um, the things that are driving it, and they do to different degrees, such as the fact that IT is getting embedded in, in, in products, that people are worried, universally worried about security, that there's a shortage of different, of, uh, of different of qualified personnel. All these things are universal problems facing all IT departments. So what we're seeing is you know, almost a majority of, IT, of, of companies are saying, yeah, there's an IT archipelago growing right now, and its dispersal is beginning to affect our business. So regions, then, what you're saying is regions are all experiencing this equally. Exactly. They might be experiencing it at different paces, depending on where the region was, how much greenfield, how much brownfield applications they have. Mm -hmm. But they're all you know, dealing with the same type of problems. The, the, the problem is universal, but again, there's different paces and there's different drivers of those paces. For example, it's surprising. In America, it's probably in the Americas, is probably occurring at a slower rate. And where it's occurring fastest is in Asia. That's where the decentralization is taking place most quickly. And then Europe just behind that. And 
it probably is what, what we're seeing in the data is that these are regions that are experiencing an even more acute shortage of qualified personnel. So if you're looking at an Asian or an, a European IT department, they've probably got a longer line out their door of business user, users who are saying, hey, help me with my urgent business need. And that in turn is causing those business users to turn away from that door and start doing it themselves. Do we see any correlation between high growth markets places in Asia where I know when we hire in India, we've seen rotation on staff be like six months rotation where we see people we have to retrain them. Does that start to impact that as well when you get into high growth areas in Asia? I think it does. You know, with Asia, you've got the two situations. You've got the high growth and you do, despite many well-known schools, you don't have the broad education systems providing the increasingly sophisticated players that are required. So I think Asia, which has, has the highest rate of decentralization, if you will, is probably a product of that, that high growth combined with, with a, a, a more acute shortage. Interesting. Um, in the uh, organizational areas and how you know, companies are organized in Asia, Pacific, Europe, and North America, do we see different organizations? Do we see differences between how organizations are structured or how they're responding in the different geos? I think probably you, you've got a certain similarity in what they're doing. What you're finding is that they're feeling the pain a little bit differently. For example, you've got the, the, the uh, Asian countries are feeling that they're the ones who, this is making our job the most challenging. All are saying it, but Asian countries are saying, this one's really affecting our ability to work and our ability to provide, you know, to provide our services. They also report the highest level of stress. We, we ask the question of stress on personnel, an almost personal issue, you know, that they're feeling, and the Asian countries feel it, feel it the strongest. And finally, it, they're the ones who just make it more difficult to service the, the, the companies. So while America, the Americas are probably going at it a little bit slower, they're feeling the pace a little bit less, you've got Asia in a bad first place, feeling, you know, IT companies feeling the stress the most, and Europe, you know, generally somewhere in the middle, but but folk, but gravitating towards Asia. I, I I see that you know if I were to say who has the most greenfield opportunity, who has yeah. the most locked-in infrastructure, I would say Americas have the most locked-in. Asia probably has less of that, more greenfield. Do we see that playing an issue, or maybe is there a financial impact as well? You know, again, I, I want to emphasize why there are differences. It's the universal effect that's there. But I think you're, you're finding that the, the U.S. might just, I just think it has a broader base of people to be working on this problem. But it, it really emphasizes the, the squeeze that this puts on IT. Because it's not suddenly that other people are taking more responsibility, therefore it's less work for them to do. It quadruples, it quintuples the amount of work that needs to be done. A couple of cases in point. If you want to implement SaaS, anyway, Asia, Europe, or otherwise, you've now got to implement it across eight or nine different devices, five or six different security systems, many data management systems, it, it becomes much, much more complex. Right. It's just the idea of decentralizing your SaaS apps across these regions. It just multiplies the number of you know, options you have to manage. Exactly. The, the, it's actually Europe that feels most acutely the problem of security. Now, security is a universal problem, but I think perhaps because the regulatory environments are a bit tougher there, that's where they're feeling it most strongly. And it's the Europeans who have the most anxiety about, about the security aspects of this because they know they've got to implement a security solution across a myriad of different islands in this archipelago. 
So what are companies responding? How are they responding? Is there, are they getting ahead of this or are they behind the curve on this? And you know, what, what's the sense from these surveys, how stressful they feel this trend is you know, impacting their business? I think the best kind of response is, if you, is, is not to become rigid and say, we are IT, we rule all and try and bring back control. I think if you think of it as a spectrum, and on one side of the spectrum, and this is where you see the European countries are strongest, is they're, they're saying, all right, security, that's ours. That's going to be centralized. Anything you do is going to match our phone. At the other end of the spectrum is you've got a business app that's yours. We're not here to, to control you. We're here to help you on that. We're here to help you put on a common standard, here to make it, make it secure, and to provide perhaps support for it. And that is where the Europeans are showing up the strongest in terms of that. Interesting. So what advice would you give CIOs in each of these regions? I think the primary one is to accept that this, you're not going to put the, the, the genie back into the bottle, that the competitive pressures outside the firm and uh, outside the firm are going to make products and services more technologized in the future, and to recognize that it's just a lot easier to do it with the new new software, you know, SaaS apps and things like that. These are so much more easier to do for a, for a novice, if you will, to implement. So to a degree, I would say accept it as coming and accept your role on the spectrum, that you need to pick your battles. You're going to fight for security, for example. You're going to fight for common data standards so things can be integrated. But at the other end of the day, we're here to support business. We're here to support, you know, at the end of the day, it's about selling products and services. And if, you, if technology makes those better, you've got to help your business units do it. Do we see an expansion of the role? I mean, is this taking away jobs? I mean, we have people listening that are administering data centers. Do we see, you know, there are shifts of what your role is. Do you see this as a shift of a role? Do you see, you know, there's obviously SaaS services mean that software developers are changing their dynamics. Do we see an impact in data center operations for the practitioners? I think so. I think probably overall you're seeing an increase in the volume of the need. You know, it, the most efficient way to do it would be to crowd everybody in IT and they're utilize 100% of the time. Instead, you're seeing the need for more, business, more skills lodged in the business group that are over there. So it's probably that you're not so much an IT person or a business person. The, the desired skill level that needs to be growing is a hybrid, where you're a skilled business person who's, got, who's really pretty IT savvy. Right. That's, where, that's where you want to be right now. And I, I know I've seen that in my own business where we, we deal with IT and our IT people are now doing more business consulting exactly. uh, to, to me as a business owner. And so I, I could see that, you know, it is more work. There is more work coming, but it's going to be different work. And if you're listening to this and you're an IT practitioner, you should start considering, you know, looking at SaaS applications exactly. and bringing yourself up to security protocols, management protocols, to be able to build a next generation modern modern day data center that has SaaS applications as well as on host friend applications. Exactly. If I were starting my career over again, I'd probably get a combination of an MBA and then a minor in computer science. Or maybe I'd reverse that. Right. But a combination of the two is the way to go. Well, this has been an interesting conversation. I know, I know our listeners like to hear about this stuff. Uh, where can people read more about these trends and what you've done? Please go to see our survey and to see the reports on it at uh, www.eiu, Economist Intelligence Unit, perspectives.com. Or to search it under Google, under my name, Coglin, and VMware, 
and Archipelago, and it will come up. I know you've got some really great write-ups there. And, you know, if you're listening to this, you obviously have found the podcast, but we also have it on www.vmware.com slash radius. And we have the other podcasts we've done with you on this subject, uh, as well as vmw.re slash pod. So, Wes, thanks for coming on the show and uh, wrapping this up. It's great to have you on and look forward to bringing you back and telling us more about what you've been doing. Eric, thank you very much. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.